Hello, this is Kayla of the Kayla Estimates and Wellness Podcast. Um, so yeah, this is my newish podcast still. I'm still getting familiar and used to it. I'm working on posting a new episode every month. And so far, I've been alternating between guided meditations or mindfulness exercises and a talk that's related to therapy or skills or just kind of overall wellness on some different topics that um, might be useful for people listening in on here. Today, I'm going to talk about distress tolerance skills. So different skills and strategies that we can use to cope with distress or discomfort. And I'm bringing this as a talk today because right now we are in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. And for a lot of people, we're experiencing problems or discomfort that isn't totally solvable, right? So some people have been laid off work or their jobs have changed in terms of frequency. And while there is some short-term problem solving to do, such as unemployment or other things, the long-term problem solving of what will my job look like in one month, in three months, in six months, isn't totally available, right? We don't have all of the information that we need. For some people, they're experiencing a lot of discomfort around not being able to see friends and family or go to their daily routines, such as school or activities. And while there are certainly some short-term things that we can do to feel like we're engaging with people, whether it be virtually or whatever, Um, or feel like we're doing some consistency with our regular activities, it certainly isn't going to feel the same as that in-person, as that same routine. And so it really is about, hey, what are the little things I can do and what ways can I tolerate discomfort? So these skills might be very useful for you where you're at right now during this pandemic. And overall, these are some distress tolerance skills that I will usually teach to all of my clients in one way or another. I think they're helpful, they're useful, especially when we're in a moment of time where we don't have the ability to fully solve that problem in the moment, or when we're so distressed that we can't be very effective with our problem-solving skills, right? So if we're experiencing a high amount of distress, maybe our self-talk is really wonky in the moment, maybe we're ruminating a lot, maybe we're feeling a lot of that physical distress, these are also going to be some skills that help with that. So whether you're using it right now and adjusting to life or just at some point in the future as a regular skill that you can bring in as a daily or weekly practice, um, I hope these skills bring you some use. So I'm just going to talk about a handful of different skills. I would say, you know, some of them you might be like, oh, awesome. Maybe I practice some pieces of this already. Maybe I really want to bring this into my regular skills practice. That's great. And there might be some that you're like, ah, yeah, cool. Not for me. Maybe I've tried it before and it doesn't really sit with me well. Or maybe you give it a try and you're like, yeah, this doesn't really work awesome in my experience. Um, That's okay. These are not a one size fits all skill. This is just kind of the research behind these different skills. Um, The kind of way that I've applied them personally, way that my clients have applied them. So I'm putting them out there and pick up what works for you, leave what doesn't. This is uh, definitely a personal experience in in all different skills use, but especially when we're feeling that distress, it's a very personal experience. Um, And then I will state that 
A lot of these skills come from my background in dialectical behavioral therapy. So that is the skills and group-based module with uh, Marsha Linehan, and it goes over so many wonderful skills. I use them a lot. I don't do adherent DBT anymore, but I think it is such a valuable program. It is such a valuable list of skills and techniques. So a lot of these distress tolerance skills come from that. So if these are really resonating for you, I would definitely encourage you to look into dialectical behavioral therapy or DBT, um, whether it's, you know, hey, what other skills can I use? There's worksheets that you can find and print out and stuff like that. So um, if you're finding these skills to be useful, that's definitely a way that you can continue exploring it. So the first skill, and this is usually my go-to distress tolerance skill that I'll recommend if there's a really high amount of distress, is the DBT TIP skill. So this is an acronym, T-I-P-P. And with this, some of these you'll be able to practice together, and I'll talk about how you can do that. And some of them you're just like, okay, cool, this is the one that works for me really well, or knowing which situations a certain one works for you, and you can practice it in that way. So don't feel like you have to practice these sequentially or altogether or anything like that. It's kind of a pick and choose what works. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about how you can combine them as I go over it too. So the T is for temperature. So you're kind of tipping the temperature. And what we use here is a very cold temperature. So finding an ice pack, a frozen bag of peas, maybe even just like a bag of really like cold ice water or something like that. And if you're laying back, you can place that ice pack over the eyes and nose area, so kind of like just below the forehead, just above the, the cheeks there. And what this does is it elicits the dive response within us. So if you've ever heard of people that fall in a frozen lake and survive underwater for a surprising amount of time, it's because this area got really cold, that area of the eyes and nose. And what it does is it slows down our heart rate, it slows down our breathing, it slows down a lot of those things that usually get amped up when we're feeling distress. So the wonderful thing is, is even though right, we don't actually have to survive underwater, we don't need that survival response going, um, but when we're feeling distressed, when we're feeling overwhelmed, right, usually the breathing gets pretty rapid, the heart rate goes up, and so when we can slow these down in our body, we're communicating, it's okay, right? We can relax a little bit. We can lower that arousal rate. And that helps us to think a little bit more clearly too. And the bonus that I always tell people is it's kind of hard to think about other things when we've got that really cold temperature on the eyes and nose. Uh, certainly don't make it to a point where it's really uncomfortable or painful, right? You can put like um, a little dish rag or a paper towel in between your skin and the ice pack, but it's it's a very distracting sensation. So that helps if your mind is just really buzzing. This can be one that's like, cool, okay, now I'm just focusing on this. And then you get the bonus of those um, different physical responses slowing down. And with this, you're gonna wanna practice. I mean, I tell people, you know, try to practice at least five minutes. Um, ideally, like 10 to 15 is a good range. I know some people that if it's really hard for them to get to sleep at night because their mind is racing, grab that ice pack and put it on your face as you're falling asleep. You know, it'll fall to the side eventually, but it can help. You know, it's not like something horribly wrong is going to happen if it goes on for too long, as long as, you know, it's not getting freezer burn on your skin or anything like that. So 
use it as much as you need to there. Um, and I often tell people to pair this with the paced breathing, and I'll talk about that a little bit more, but sitting back, doing some slower breathing, maybe you're even listening to a guided meditation or something that focuses you on being mindful, being present, helps boost the effects of that tip skill. Um, so yeah, tea is for temperature, something cold on the face can be really nice. I tell people, you know, if you're out and about and you obviously can't, you know, sit back with an ice pack on, it'll still be helpful if you, you know, go to the restroom, get some really cold water, you know, run that cold water, get it on your hands, maybe splash it on your face. It's not going to have that whole response as if you were putting it, you know, directly in the eyes and nose area, but it's certainly going to help, especially if you're used to using the ice pack as a skill. This will help just kind of clue you back in of like, oh, yep, this is how I regulate that distress when it comes up. So that's T. The next one is I, and this is intense exercise. This one works a little bit differently. And I really recommend it for when you have that like anxious energy in the body, right? When you can just feel your body's buzzing, maybe your legs are kind of shaking, you're bouncing. Um, intense exercise can be a nice one. So here you're going to do, you know, 10 to 15, maybe 20 to 30 minutes of some form of intense exercise this does not have to be any structured exercise. It can be jumping jacks or push-ups, running around the block, you know, doing any kind of physical activity that's going to boost that heart rate. So this is different than just a mindful walk around the neighborhood. That can certainly help. But this purpose is when you have that really like agitated energy in the body, doing some intense movements can help flush those out of the system a little bit. And we see other animals do this, right? So, you know, antelopes out in the wild after they, you know, got chased by a lion or something. And if they escape and survive, we see them right out in nature. They shake their body. They're moving all around. They're expelling that energy from their body. So this is one that, you know, works for humans as well as other animals. And some people love this one, find it super useful. Some people are like, no, that hurts my body. That doesn't make me feel good. Or it, you know, when my heart rate gets up, I get more anxious. So if you try it out and it doesn't feel awesome, it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it wrong. It just might mean that's not for you or not for that kind of situation. So, you know, with all of these, I say try it out on a situation that doesn't feel too intense so you can get used to the skill. You've got some practice so you can use it in a more intense situation out in the future. And the next one is our first P, so that's paced breathing. And this one is a really lovely skill to use because we can use it anywhere, right? We can use it on the bus, we can use it in a meeting, we can use it when we're having a tough conversation with someone. And of course we can use it in a more, whether it be guided or a longer individual practice too. But paced breathing is essentially slowing down our breath. If you can have those inhales and exhales to be even amounts of time, or maybe the exhale can even become a little bit longer than the inhale. That can be really helpful. A longer exhale really regulates our nervous system. It helps slow things down. So a longer exhale, if it feels comfortable, can be really useful in this paced breathing. And paced breathing is great because right, you can use it anywhere. You can use it with the temperature portion of the skill. You can use it with the progressive muscle relaxation, which I'll talk about next. Obviously, it's going to be hard to use in that intense exercise one, so don't feel like you have to be boosting that heart rate while you're also slowing down your breath. Those can be totally separate skills, um, but pace breathing, 
works a lot, uh, works along well with a lot of other skills too. So pace breathing is one of my favorites. I tell people this one is going to be in your back pocket all the time because you can practice it wherever you are. So that's pace breathing. And that can be something you practice for a short amount of time or something that you practice a little bit longer. And I know for me, this is a skill that can end up becoming a little more second nature. So First, you might have to be more intentional in practicing, slowing down that breath, slowing down that exhale. But after you practice it for a while, your body gets used to, oh yeah, this is what I do when I'm feeling stressed. Um, I noticed this was back, oh, I don't know, back you know, four or five years ago when I was interviewing for different internship placements. And I remember being really nervous in the waiting room at one of the places I was interviewing at and I wasn't even thinking about it I wasn't even being intentional but I noticed you know after a few minutes I was slowing down my breathing I was really focused on my inhales and exhales and that helped to regulate me and so I I found that I was kind of one of my winning moments of like oh awesome this skill has you know come in for me when I didn't even have to be super intentional about it so this is one that I say it's really good to practice as much as you can or as much as it feels useful. And the last P of the tip skill is progressive muscle relaxation. So this, I recommend finding a guided one. So you might go on Insight Timer or go on YouTube, something like that, finding a progressive muscle relaxation exercise. And essentially, you'll go through different areas of the body and tense and release them with your breath. You're going to practice that paced breathing Um, ratio here again if it feels comfortable that longer exhale and essentially when you get to each area of the body when you inhale you'll tense that muscle group and as you exhale you will release it and if you have that longer exhale and really release it what it does is it allows that muscle area to be more relaxed than it was prior to it so usually when we're feeling distressed when we're feeling tense we have physical tension And I think knowing where you hold physical tension can be nice. So for me, that's going to be, you know, my shoulders, my jaw, other areas of my face. And if I'm feeling, you know, really tense or overwhelmed, I might not even do a whole guided practice or a whole body practice, but I might just isolate those few different muscle groups and, you know, take a handful of breaths with each one so that I can really, you know, tense that and release that and be essentially releasing areas in which I find tension in my body when I'm feeling distressed. So that's one to practice. I've heard and I've practiced myself that it can be a lovely one if you're having a hard time falling asleep. So again, we carry a lot of this stuff in our body. And when we relax our body, we often are relaxing our mind too. There's a really big connection there. So if sleep's a tough one for you, I recommend trying this out, finding a guided progressive muscle relaxation, see how it works for you. Maybe you'll love it, maybe not, and then if you don't, you can set it aside. So that is the tip skill overall, and again, this is going to be one that you're going to use in moments of high distress. Of course, you can use it in moments of lower distress, but sometimes I'll tell people if you're having really high distress, try this first. Maybe you're trying the temperature, and then you can practice one of the other skills that I'm talking about. So if you're ever practicing a skill and you're like, this is not working for me, I'm still ruminating, I'm having a really hard time focusing, I say, hey, go to that temperature, put an ice bag on for, you know, 10 minutes, and then try this other activity after. Maybe it'll be a little bit easier to focus when that physical response comes down a little bit. So those are my go-to first ones. 
My next skill is the distract skill. Um, so, you know, if you want all the different like acronym pieces of it, you can definitely look up, um, you know, distract skill, DBT, and you'll find a list of different things there. Uh, the way that I really like to look at it is we are just doing something that gets our mind off of what we're feeling overwhelmed or stressed on. And a part of that is going to be one, like turning your mind away from what is stressing you out. Like if you can't solve this problem, your mind is going to want to go there. So be intentional in turning it towards something else. Definitely avoid, you know, whether it be social media or news or whatever that is related to that topic. So turning your mind away from it. And we can use distract in a couple different ways. So one is going to be just finding anything that's going to get your mind off it. So a funny movie or show or a scary movie, right? Anything that has a different emotion. I think scary movies, if, if you tolerate those, um, are really nice because it's hard to be thinking of much else when you're kind of waiting for, oh, what's going to happen once around that corner? Uh, but maybe it's a funny movie. Maybe it's just something that has a totally different emotion, Maybe you're watching YouTube videos of cute cats, you know, or funny cats or something like that. So anything that's going to be a different emotion than what you're experiencing, that's going to occupy yourself a little bit. Maybe you're doing a craft, a coloring sheet, something like that. Uh, if you're doing something and you find that your mind is still wandering, switch activities. Switch to something else. Find something that's going to be more engaging. And another way I like to talk about distract is... If we can pair it with something that aligns with any kind of goal that we have or our values or other skills that we're trying to practice, I think this is really wonderful. So it might be based on build mastery, right? Let's say you're trying to grow in a hobby or craft that you're doing, or maybe you are, you know, trying to get into new kinds of routines, new physical activity routines, things like that. Those can be really nice distract skills. So, you know, taking some time with your craft that you're doing, it's it's going to be helpful in, oh, cool, my mind is off what's stressing me out, and I'm able to tap into something that is meaningful for me in one way or another. That's a wonderful way to use distract. You don't have to, though, right? So if you're just like, nope, my mind is so focused on this, I just need to watch a really scary movie or something that's totally going to be fine. Anything that gets your mind away from it is a win. And with the distract skill, be mindful of using it in moderate amounts, right? So right now we're in a period of time when there is not a lot of problem solving we can use. So I'm kind of telling people be flexible with how much you're using distract. You might have tried to limit it a little more before so you could engage with your problem solving. But right now, if it's something you really can't problem solve, it's okay to lean on distract a little bit more. So now is not necessarily the time where we have to do a ton of limiting, but out when our world looks a little more normal or our routines are back on, different problems can be solved. Notice when you're using distract as an avoidance skill, right? So if you're facing something that is solvable, that you can engage in, that you're regulated enough to engage in, but you continue to you know put on that Netflix or do the distract in a different way that might be a sign of okay maybe I'm leaning on this more than I need to maybe it's actually getting in the way of problem solving so it, it can be a fine line but again I'd say now is a time that it is okay to allow us to use distract a little bit more 
maybe we want to bring in more of those meaningful distracts that can be helpful. So, you know, whether it be finding a hobby or getting in the routine of daily walks or whatever, that can be helpful. But turning away from unsolvable problems or problems that we just can't solve in this moment uh, is essentially what distract is. And then in your day-to-day, just be mindful of how much am I using it, right? If you're using it hours and hours and hours every day, that's a sign of, okay, how can I engage in something that's more meaningful for me or more connected to my specific goals or problem-solving aspects? The next one here is self-soothe. So this is where we're soothing the senses. And this is a really nice one because essentially what we're doing is we're communicating to the body that it is okay to relax. It is okay to let that arousal come down a little bit, right? We're not going to be running from lions and also smelling our favorite candle. So in a way, even though mentally we might have a full grasp of it, sometimes our body gets really confused because it doesn't always speak the same language as our logic. And so when we're soothing our senses, doing something that feels relaxing, restorative to us, we're communicating to the body, it's okay to let go of problem solving right now. It's okay to let go of the fight or flight mode right now. It's okay to regulate and to be here. Um, so when we're soothing the senses, we're tapping into all of our different senses, uh, touch, smell, taste, sound, sight, as well as different body sensations. So the way that our body moves, this might be, you know, taking a bubble bath with really nice candles, listening to a song that's really soothing to us, going for a walk outside and looking at beautiful things in nature, listening to things in nature, Maybe it's tasting a food that feels really soothing to us Um, or just noticing, okay, hey, how does my body feel when I move, if I'm doing some restorative yoga, different things like that. So figuring out, I think we all kind of have senses that are more soothing than others for us. So for me, you know, that body sensation and touch and smell are really soothing for me. So those are ones that I tend to go towards first. But for other people, it might be more based in sound or might be more based in sight or taste. So find what senses are most grounding for you. And those are going to be more so your go-to ones. Now, this skill, I think, is wonderful because it's one that we can't overdo as much as distract, right? So when we're self-soothing, we're being kind to ourselves, and, and in my perspective, uh, self-compassion is always a skill that we can be using. And we can engage in it when we're doing other problem-solving things, right? So, for example, uh, right now, yeah, I'm doing teletherapy at home. It's a little bit different. Uh, I'm really glad to have the platform, but it is an adjustment for me. So I'm always having a candle going in the background or my essential oils. I'm tuning into the lighting. Maybe I have a soft blanket with me. So I'm doing self-soothe while I'm engaging in, you know, whether it be problem-solving or my goals. So... It's one we can easily pair with other things, and it's just really kind for ourselves. So this is a good one um, to to regulate, to help ground us, self-soothe, one of my favorite skills. I highly recommend it, recommend practicing it as, as much as it feels comfortable. Next is utilizing different mindfulness skills. So this can be done in a lot of different ways and just being open to all the different forms of mindfulness and figuring out what works best for you. So it might be listening to a guided meditation. So using a different meditation app or 
you know, listening to your meditation teacher or something like that, that can be a really nice way to practice mindfulness. Might be doing a breathing exercise, whether it's guided or on your own. It might be going for a nice walk in nature and just being really present, right? So not talking on the phone with your friend or texting someone every five minutes. It's looking around, taking in the different senses. Maybe you're even saying, okay, hey, I'm going to try to notice everything around me that is green, you know? So you're kind of looking out for, all right, I've got my mindfulness here. I'm tuned into a certain sensation. I'm going to be really present if I'm doing that. Finding anything that feels like a mindful practice, this might be doing some restorative yoga at home. So we can definitely combine this with self-soothe. This is also combined with the distract skill. We might be doing pace breathing while we're at it. So it's a wonderful combination of these different skills. And find what works for you. And do this in a way that works for you, right? So if I'm feeling really distressed and overwhelmed, it's probably going to be hard for me to just sit back and start doing a breathing meditation. So I might have to first find a little more regulation, right? So that might be where you grab the ice pack, you know, you breathe for maybe 10 minutes and then it's like, okay, cool. Now I can do this mindfulness exercise or now I can do self-soothe. So again, you might go back to a skill to just try to regulate the body a little bit before tapping into one where you get to be a little more present, a little more mindful of your experience. And then finally, what I will recommend here as a skill is self-validation and self-compassion. I think this is going to be really important to always have, even if we're feeling something that we're going to choose to not solve right now for whatever reason, to just give a little space for honoring what we're feeling, even if we're not going to fully tap into it. And this might be one where first you need to regulate a little bit more before you can go there. Let's say negative self-talk is coming up or really unhelpful self-talk is coming up. You might first need to regulate the body before you can bring in that validation because validation might be really hard to find if you're feeling super distressed. Um, But finding some statements, something that has that validation or has that self-care, that self-compassion an affirmation to bring in that might also help you continue to practice different distress tolerance skills. So right now, you know, one one that I was talking about with someone this week is just reminding yourself, hey, it makes sense that I'm feeling overwhelmed with the problem I'm experiencing, right? Like it makes complete sense because I'm not able to work right now. And of course I'm feeling discomfort. Of course I'm feeling you know, anxious or sad, whatever emotions are there, of course I'm feeling those. And so here you're going to add a little compassion that's going to motivate you towards practicing more distress tolerance skills of, and I don't have all the information to solve this right now. This is something that I feel uncomfortable not being able to solve because, you know, I'm, I'm worried what this is going to look like in the future. And I can only do so much problem solving, right? I can figure out some of the here and now pieces but I can't figure out the long-term problem solving. I will get there, right? When it's available, when I have the information I need to do my long-term problem solving, I will get there. And right now I can't. Right now worrying about this just makes me more worried. And so I can pause. It's okay to feel what I'm feeling. And I can turn my mind towards something that feels soothing, something that feels restorative, something that just gets my mind off of it and is maybe fun or a good distraction. So here, when we validate and bring in self-compassion, 
we're honoring the emotion that we're experiencing. So all emotions are valid, right? Any emotion we experience is okay to experience. We're honoring that emotion. We're giving it the space that it needs. And we're not necessarily saying, okay, now I have to act on this emotion, right? We might be saying here, it makes sense to feel what you're feeling. And now is not the most effective time to take action on it for X, Y, or Z. And so here's why, you know, bring in some compassionate statement here is why it's important to practice your skills to take care of yourself. So that is one I would say, you know, maybe you start with it. Maybe it's really hard to start with. So you practice it after a couple skills and then you go back to some other skills because that self-compassion has helped you to feel more open to your skill stuff. So yeah, that is my overview of a bunch of different skills. Again, a lot of these do have roots in dialectical behavioral therapy. So if you're wanting more or kind of a deeper explanation of it or worksheets of it, um, look it up. There's a workbook you can buy. There's, you know, worksheets you can just kind of Google and find PDFs of too. So um, there are definitely ways you can continue exploring some of these skills. But overall, this is, these are my go-to ones that I either practice myself or I share with my clients. And I kind of describe them to you as how I would share them with my clients in a session. Let's say, they were experiencing a lot of distress and we're like, all right, let's start with getting some skills on board. Bringing these in can be helpful. And another piece I want to add in is, let's say you're at a time when the problem is solvable, but the distress is too high. These skills are gonna help you regulate so that you can be a more effective problem solver. So if your self-talk is coming in in a time when you've got a solvable problem and it's saying like, you know, you're wasting your time by practicing these skills, like you need to solve this problem and it might be being kind of mean, right? It might be saying like, what's wrong with you? Like, stop wasting time being kind to yourself. You've got to solve this problem. Um, remind yourself that, hey, I can practice these skills so that I feel regulated. So if I'm, you know, at a nine out of 10 on distress, I am not going to be thinking clearly, right? I'm not going to be, you know, using effective communication or any kind of problem solving. So I need to get myself down to, you know, maybe a four, maybe a five. So using some of these skills help get us down, right? And and you'll know if you're at a two or a three, you might not need to use like the distract skill. You might not need to use a ton of these before problem solving if this problem is solvable. But if that distress is really high, this is helpful to use even when it is a solvable problem. And then it's also useful right right now and there are going to be some problems that we can't solve, right? So do the problem solving you can and then turn towards some ways that you tolerate discomfort because it it's an uncomfortable time for a lot of people. This isn't normal what's going on. None of us are prepared for this. Our, you know, regular coping skills that we deal with in the world that we've learned are not all super applicable to this, right? Um most of us, especially, you know, here at America, we like to take our problems face on and solve them and be working, working, working towards them. And for those of us that have that mindset or have a little bit of perfectionism in there um, or kind of fit in with more of that type A personality, this is probably a really hard time. And so if you're experiencing some problems related to that, and struggling with not being able to engage with it in the way that you used to, 
give yourself that compassion of like, this is not normal, right? This is not what we are prepared for, right? This is not something that we can apply a lot of the previous strategies that we've used for. So it's okay to use something a little bit different. It's okay to add in more distress tolerance skills. It's okay to be unproductive. It's okay to just do what we need to get by. If we want to add in something that really like builds mastery and helps us move towards our goals, that's wonderful. That's amazing. If that feels right, go for it. Um, and if you're really struggling or feeling stuck, allow yourself to practice these skills. Uh, I think they can be really helpful in this period of time and are helpful all the time, right? Um, you know, in different areas of our life, I think they can apply. So yeah, that that is pretty much all I have to say on those. Of course, I you know have been posting some pretty related content to these on my Instagram lately. So that's Kayla Estenson Wellness. Um, I post about all this kind of stuff all the time. So if you didn't come to this podcast through my Instagram and you don't know about that, I'd check it out um, if you're looking for more kind of related content to this. And yeah, I think that's all I have for you. I don't have a super fancy sign off. Who knows if I'll make one? I don't know. Um, but thank you for joining me. I hope this was helpful. Please feel free to reach out if you have questions on this or you want more information. You know, if I get a lot of the same questions, I'd, I'd be happy to put out some more information that answers that together too. So if you're having a question, someone else probably is too. So feel free to ask. I'll put my, you know, contact information below, but right, my Instagram, my Facebook is Kayla Estenson Wellness. My website is KaylaEstenson.com. My email is kewellness at KaylaEstenson.com can find that in the show notes so you don't have to write notes down and I have made a worksheet for this I'm going to put this on my website in my subscriber resources so if you are subscribed to my newsletter you'll be able to find that and access it um, I think I'm going to attach this in my next newsletter as well and it just kind of goes over these different skills so you you know have a trusty little handout if you need some reminders of what these skills are some tips on how to practice it so yeah that is all I have for you today I hope you are all well um, as well as you can be in this time which I know for a lot of people isn't isn't awesome right isn't super well so it's okay if um you're well right now is just kind of okay um yes thank you for joining me and i look forward to connecting with you on here next time <laughs>